Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, and one where we're going to break the ice on a subject I have been somewhat avoiding in my coverage of the Marilyn Manson saga, and that is the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. First, we can establish that at heart, the Depp v. Heard case was a defamation trial where the Manson versus Elmagore Evan Rachel Wood case tackles much bigger questions of conspiracy, hacking, and fraud. And yet there's no denying that the Depp trial was a landmark case that you simply could not avoid hearing about in 2022. And so today, I promise we're not going to be relitigating the trial and rehashing all the individual details. But I've invited a sociologist on to weigh in on how she sees the large number of eyes on that Virginia courtroom impacting how society absorbs Me Too style cases moving forward. So sit back, relax, and join us in conversation on how the most watched trial of 2022 may have created a cultural shift in how abuse-related cases are absorbed by the public. Hello. Well, thank you so much for joining me because um, we chatted on Twitter and that kind of thing. And I really, really thought it'd be fun to talk with you about the depth trial because you go by Cupid's Gun on Twitter, but your background is in sociology, correct? Yes. Isn't that really interesting? Yes. In sociology. Yes. That's what yeah. my major was in. That's what I am. Uh, most of my experience is in. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about a subject that I have really resisted covering, um, which is the Johnny Depp trial and its connection to Marilyn Manson, because I personally view these cases as entirely different. I also think we run into trouble if we generalize too much and say that all these Me Too cases are the same. I think every case should be looked at independently but in terms of johnny depp and marilyn manson we can't deny that the two of them are close friends like and they've been close friends since the 90s so that's an interesting similarity and kind of wild that these two best friends and johnny depp um even chose marilyn manson to be godfather for his beautiful daughter lily rose like the fact that they both have kind of ended up in positions where they have is it's really (laughs) mind-blowing isn't it yeah i mean and the fact that it's happened to both of them so publicly on such a grand scale is really striking it's very striking i mean you think about it those are two those men right there are potentially two of the most iconic men of let's say gen x right because we have manson on the music side kind of more At the time, anyway. And then Johnny Depp on the movies side. Personally, I've been the biggest fan of both of them for the longest time. And I thought it was the cutest thing when I found out they were best friends down the road, you know. And to see that both of these men who are so iconic for an entire generation and maybe more have ended up almost in the same kind of position. Mm -hmm. It just it's just mind blowing to think about. It really is. And it's really devastating in the sense that so little was needed to to totally like take down their careers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that, I mean, particularly with Manson, I mean, the fact that Evan Rachel Wood could publish three or four sentences on her Instagram and overnight 
he loses his decades long career. That's crazy. Like that should terrify anybody that I could say on my Instagram, Hey, Cupid did X and then you're canceled. No investigation, no, no due process. Like that's just wild. Okay. So I, I, we've outlined that these two cases of course are very, very different, but I did want to talk a little bit about some of the similarities because even though I think obviously Johnny Depp's case was a defamation trial, Marilyn Manson's case, although the media likes to present it that way, it's not, it's related to conspiracy, fraud, hacking, mostly all of these different things. But at heart, I do see some similarities between Amber and Evan that I think would be interesting to talk about. I think that they both have this kind of, questionable political activism angle to them. They definitely utilize the media and the Me Too movement to kind of leverage their own PR opportunities. They shared that same shady um, Samantha Spector attorney who advised Amber, like, call the LAPD because it will help you in your divorce proceeding. And then that same lady is the one very likely leaking court documents of Evans to the Daily Mail. Like she seems suspicious. <laughs> and then they, they both kind of have made act like being a victim, their career. Wouldn't you say like they're professional victims? I mean, those are some different similarities that I see the activism, the kind of exploitation in the me too movement to kind of tr- advance their own personal right. um, status within Hollywood. Um, one thing I, I will that- say about Amber Heard, because a lot of a lot of people that follow the Amber Heard stuff, like they think that Evan and Amber are so similar. I actually feel like at least Amber Heard kind of was a little bit contained. Like Evan Rachel Wood really took her story to anybody that would listen to her. You know, right. she even did. I don't even like calling it a documentary (laughs) that two part special. So she did that. She did the cut Harper's Bazaar. Good Mm -hmm. morning, America, the view so many media appearances. It was very well organized. I mean, there was definitely somebody behind that. There was a mastermind there, whether it was her or someone helping her, but that all of that organization was very intentional and it was there to, pack the biggest punch possible in the very from the get-go and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what my point was is that this 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 motivation was present from day one here with both of them that sort of political motivation so from a sociology standpoint how do you because the me too movement in itself you probably find interesting in general from a sociology standpoint but how do you Mm -hmm. see think things have shifted from the depth v heard trial with me too, there's a few different things going on. So we have a history of women um, being ignored and being things swept under the rug when they come up with complaints, uh, women not being believed. I mean, this is a real history. Sociology Mm -hmm. does know this. And we have studied this very intensely from a sociological standpoint. We know that we've long existed in a patriarchal society. We know that we've long existed in a society that's full of misogyny. Like it just, it's there. And Mm -hmm. Me Too really grabbed that by the horns, you know, and was like, okay, um, 
mainly was so successful because of the fact that they were going after people who had big names anyway, right, from the very beginning. And a lot of those cases, uh, initially, when this kind of started, rightly so. I mean, we had people who were in positions of power, who were taking advantage of people beneath them. And that's Mm -hmm. always something that can be very damaging. Um, And so that was used in order to get that and reel that in and say, okay, this has to stop. I mean, if you remember, um, I think Rose McGowan was one of the, the, the four on the forefront of that. She was one of the leaders kind mm-hmm. of when the Me Too movement came out and, and with everything that went on with her and the Harvey Weinstein. And, you know, so there was a really good place for it at the time. But I think that something has shifted in society in general over the last several years about ideals on feminism I think that society, if we can take feminism out of it, if we can take misogyny out of it, uh, society has polarized dramatically in many ways. So we've seen a dramatic shift into uh, polarized groups. Either you are with me or you're against me. There's no middle ground anymore for a lot of folks for uh, politics and all kinds of topics, right? We've seen Mm -hmm. this really, really take hold. And so, so then Me Too come, is there, and we're also seeing that there's a, there's a big polarization here. Either you are believe all women or you're not, and then you're a problem. And, and so I think that when we, when we look at it, you know, the sociological part of it, we're looking at, so what are the functions of a movement like Me Too? Uh, we would research what are some of the uh, outcomes that people get when they uh, engage in social movements and when they follow through. And and what we're seeing with Me Too is that we definitely have people that have become victim of the movement itself, which is an interesting way to put it. But if you look at somebody like Johnny Depp, you know, that movement was used specifically for, you know, as a means to an end for Amber Heard to get what she wanted out of it. Right. Um, I don't believe she is continuing to be a vocal outspoken me too activist after all of this. I mean, have you heard her come out and say anything since the trial about the movement? I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't. No, I don't think so. I mean, I believe there are rumors that she's writing a book so potentially she will. And I, I mean, I want to be clear. I think she has a right to write a book, right? you know, she yeah. has, you know, she shouldn't be able to lose her freedom of speech, but exactly. you know, you shouldn't be defaming people with malice. You know, there, right. there's that, there is a line that you can cross, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that she will, yeah. Um, but, do but you, we haven't I mean, really seen it, you know, no, so, so no. she used it. She used something that, really had a lot of power and a lot of punch behind it. And, and, and now because of that, I think we've really seen it kind of fall apart even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still there. Of course, the social movement itself is still there, but social movements, like if you remember, do you remember the Occupy movement? That was another social movement. And that was, you know, the, the wall like street. Occupy wall street. Yes. 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 So we had it all over. So we had Occupy the city that I'm in, you know, it, 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 and then Occupy this and Occupy that. And it was people, just out in droves saying we are, you know, the 99%, you're the 1%, you're taking from us and things like that. But then it eventually died off. That's what happens. That's the nature of it. Sociologically speaking, 
the movements ebb and flow. And some of them stick around for longer. They have more punch behind them and some of them don't. Um, Me Too probably had the capability of, of staying a lot more relevant for a little bit longer but it was used, not just by Amber Heard, mind you. I mean, there there have been other cases, right? Mm-hmm. Things that we don't know as well because they weren't big rock stars or big movie stars. Um, but women taking advantage, I don't say just women, but people taking advantage of everybody else's drive to support them in this movement. And that's become very detrimental to the movement. Yeah, and I mean, there, I always think there's always bad seeds on... Mm-hmm. both sides of every issue so any any positive cause could be weaponized for bad which is unfortunate because that's mm-hmm. that is what ends up hurting those who are true victims because that's putting a big shadow of doubt in someone's mind that hey i mean look at look at the scope of how much attention was on the johnny depp and amber heard trial and so for her to be found libel of defamation with malice like that's huge and i hope that it doesn't end up hurting real victims but i think you'd be a little naive to assume that there wasn't any harm that could be done because someone's going to put in the back of their mind well i don't know but at the same time maybe it's positive in the sense that okay we hear your accusation but let's remember that accusations are accusations and let's report women because i think there is a balance that you can show somebody support when they Mm -hmm. come forward as well as understand that we have to also look at evidence and the the male perspective or whoever is accused because it doesn't necessarily mean the males accused but i think there is a balance and i think that's where we are right now is figuring out what that balance is and how do we toe that line of being supportive for people when they come forward because it does take a lot for a real victim to speak up. It's very mm-hmm. difficult. Like I, I don't know about you, but I am a selfish survivor of abuse. I don't even like talking about it, but right. so I really sympathize with these women who do come forward because right. I know it isn't easy, but at the same time, we want to respect that there is, you know, due process. Right. I mean, we, we are a society that's built on that, right? Mm-hmm. We, we cling to that very tightly. And, and to just throw it out the window for this, it just seems, uh, seems so counterintuitive, counterproductive. I mean, just everything. It's just shocking to think that that was that easily thrown away. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it seems like it's, it's happened for both and, and even more, there's other, there's other men um, specifically in the public conversation, right. That we've seen are now also being, I guess, maybe sued or pursued, however you want to say it for allegations that are made, but that have also suffered. So uh, where do we draw the line? How do we stop it? You know, and sociology would say something like, well, when it comes to something like the Me Too movement, um, if you're looking at it, maybe based on conflict theory, we'd say that we would change this, this power structure, because it's the people that are in power that can then take advantage of the other people. And this is specifically talking about Me Too, not not mm-hmm. just um, domestic abuse or something like that, just the Me Too movement itself. You know, so we change that power structure and, and we we make sure that 
people of certain demographics don't just presume to just have power and then they can rule lord it over the others that are in their lives and and do what make them do whatever they want but i mean we are working towards that if you're talking about if we juxtapose uh, men and women specifically in power situations we are women have climbed that ladder you know we we have seen a lot of progress for women in society we've seen a lot of progress towards equality we've seen a lot of progress towards the feminist ideologies that were set forth so long ago when feminism was a little bit different than it is now Mm -hmm. um initially feminism was an ideology that you know wanted equality between the sexes between men and women and there was just a segment of it that was extreme feminists that kind of wanted, you know, men to be tamped down. They wanted women to be above men, to take those positions of power that men used to have and, and hold men down and everything. So almost almost very, you know, vengeful, right? I was going to say, it seems like revenge. Right. And that was a revenge was a of the small, sexes. Right. That was a small section of feminists. I And and. I have to say, I feel like it's, we've seen that grow. And that's because of the polarization that I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. because of our likelihood to polarize as a society, uh, what we've been driven to this somehow, okay, and, and maybe political scientists would actually be better than I am at, at, you know, critically analyzing that, but we have, and so we've been pushed to this uh, ideal that either you're with me or against me. You can't be the gray area. You can't be the Libra that I am and see both sides of something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be either for it or against it. You know, um, I think that's also a very American thing mm-hmm. because I mean, first of all, if you look at other countries, America, we love to clutch our pearls about mm-hmm. so many different things that other countries don't, but in covering the Marilyn Manson situation, I've connected with, people that are in Europe and different parts of the world who, for one, they don't know whoever Rachel Wood is because she's not Mm -hmm. really that well-known in other areas of the world. So people are like, who is she? What, what, what? But um, other cultural backgrounds will talk about how America loves to be so divided on everything. You know, we've got the two political, major political parties and we really do love polarizing people Mm -hmm. because it's, easier to control the population i believe when it's divided but right divide and conquer it's it's kind of made us so incapable of having conversation because it's like i have my Mm -hmm. viewpoint and you have your viewpoint and now we're at now we're not just debating we're like at war like no we can have a conversation and i mean this this really did start i would say even you go back as far as maybe president obama um, we, we started to really see polarization ramp up in our mm-hmm. society more than kind of it had ever been. There was a time, uh, you know, I remember a time when you didn't ask somebody who they voted for even. No. It, 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 you didn't ask somebody what, what, what kind of salary did they make each year? It, just certain things we just didn't. We expected people to have a modicum of privacy right Mm -hmm. about those kind of things and and so we've gotten really open right and that's not a bad thing i'm not saying that's bad but what i'm saying is that anything in extremes is bad and so when you are so open that you can totally pick someone apart because of who they voted for or how much money they make or whatever those little taboo conversations used to be uh then it's bad for everybody right Mm -hmm. it's not good anymore to be that open and that's what's happened kind of with our 
viewpoints on almost everything. And that's what's led to this polarization. Yeah. I mean, I mean obviously we, the media plays a role as well mm-hmm. because our media is so polarized and I know why people would be upset with like the Fox news for many, many years, but mm-hmm. the media on the left pulls a lot of the same tactics, particularly sure. today. So you you've really got people in two different camps. And if you only follow the MSNBCs of the world, you that's the slant that your news is always going to have and okay. vice versa on the right. And, you know, the media is a driving factor within the me too movement as well. Absolutely. I don't want to, I don't want to go down like too big of a rabbit hole with this when I mentioned this, mm-hmm. but like I follow, I've been closely looking into the Nick Carter cases. And one of the things that just blew my mind about his accuser was she wrote a blog post on WordPress and then Good Morning America, TMZ, all these people are offering her a global platform. Like, hey, come mm-hmm. on. You accused of you accused a celebrity name of XYZ. We want to talk to you. We want to have right. you on. And yep. it's like wow. That's mm-hmm. all it takes is anybody can publish anything and then they could be on Good Morning America. Like that's mm-hmm. that's well pretty interesting but you also have to agree that it's it's not just because it's just anything it's because of the people that you know they already have big names to them you know there's crowd behind the people that have been accused but but absolutely i mean that's a problematic thing but you know i think that one of the things that you have brought up um already and i kind of wanted to see if this is a good segue for that is how has this landscape changed then the landscape of me too the landscape of public opinion because of the depth trial right Mm -hmm. do you have some kind of perception on that because i do um i personally and sociologically but i want to see what you think about yeah i mean i think hopefully that that trial was a landmark case in the sense that if somebody is publicly accused that person will not just be totally canceled i hope that that i think cancel culture is terrible Mm -hmm. And to be quite honest, even though I fully support Johnny Depp, I don't feel like Amber Heard should be canceled for the rest of her life either. You know, I know that. I agree. I know that, yes, you know, there should be consequences for false accusations. And that's a whole other conversation. Like, what is the appropriate consequence? And we're not seeing really any consequence like we're not seeing anyone go to jail or anything for that right the meat i hope that that trial will give people a little bit more hesitancy before just completely turning their back on somebody when Mm -hmm. they're accused and you know not completely boycotting somebody i i agree with you and i think that there's going to be a large segment of the population that that's going to apply to my worry is that we will have a selective memory on it and Five years from now, for instance, we have another Johnny Depp all over again. That's mm-hmm. my concern. Because of the fact that she did make accusations against somebody who was so wildly popular. I mean, let's face it. He he was in so many movies. He's so talented, right, for what he does. He just creates the characters. Right. So just that unique ability that he has, not just for acting, but just character creation, it made him big for a good mm-hmm. 
portion of people. So those are the people that were affected by it. And those are the people that are going to hold on to that memory a little bit longer. But there are probably, you know, it's, it's very possible that this is not going to be a sea change that we want it to be in the long run anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do about that other than if we continue to pull out the stops for the next case and then the next case. So if, if the people who were really, really moved by the death trial and who really were like, wow, this is crazy that this can happen. How can somebody just get canceled? Somebody with all this talent, somebody that we love can get canceled for this, you know, supposed accusation that we have no proof and that just boom, they're then, okay, let's go. And now we've given the love to him and, and he's pulling out of it. And, and we really do that, but let's move on now. Now let's go. I'm not saying it just because I'm a Manson fan. I'm saying it because it makes the sense. If we're really going to try to combat this kind of behavior, we have to go for each one, right? So now we need to look into this Manson thing. If you're not a Manson fan, but you were a fan of Johnny Depp. Okay, let's just give it some love. Let's give it a little bit of airtime in your, in your brain. And then maybe let's look at Nick Carter. You know what I mean? And let's look at this list of people who've got these accusations pending and these potential cancellations. And let's see, you know, make our minds up for ourselves. Don't just watch mainstream media mm-hmm. and try and figure out what this is that we're being fed. That's a sad outcome, I think, from the Amber Heard trial as well as people Mm-hmm. That is a trial that was televised, and I know people can pick apart that it was televised. Was that a good mm-hmm. thing or a bad thing? But one thing that I hear from a lot of people, and you've probably heard this as well, people would watch the trial, they would see what would happen that day, and then MSNBC or some, not MSNBC, but necessarily like NBC, the Cat 10 barges and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, they would talk about something in not a factual way. Right. (laughs) Like almost to gaslight people. And that just started to get on people's nerves because throughout the entire trial that happened and then in the aftermath of the trial that happened and you could still argue to this day that it's happening and -hmm. people are like, stop trying to gaslight me. I watched the trial. I saw what happened. You can't make me see something else. Like I know what reality is. I know I was just I mean, it just I try not to actually engage with these people. But there was a comment that somebody had made about, you know, of course, the Amber Heard uh, issue and, and, and somebody was defending that she was, you know, she was abused and, and how can Johnny be getting his life back and she's, you know, not and everything. And I was just like, I had to kind of chime in a little bit. And the woman that I guess I was conversing with, I guess the person was like, well, maybe you're the narcissist and you're just projecting now. And it's just like, no, did you watch the whole trial? Like I watched it almost every single bit of it. Mm -hmm. And if I was on that jury, I would have made the same choice they did. Right. You know, like, and I got to see even more, I get it, you know, but still, you know, because certain things the jury doesn't get to see, but, but still, even if I would have made the same decisions. Okay. So who are these people that are sitting there and, and, and telling us a different reality? I don't and get it. The jury, they did not deliberate for that long of a period of time. Like they reached a unanimous conclusion in the Amber Heard trial mm-hmm. pretty quickly, right. which, you know, we've seen juries return a verdict very fast before. Other times it's been a few days. Like 
the Danny Masterson trial right now is on verdict Washington. It's been a few days. Mm. Um, hopefully that will have a verdict because the last go around, it was a hung jury. I also think like human nature, the, and you might be able to weigh on this better from a sociology standpoint, the whole mob mentality angle and that you mm-hmm. can apply to the Me Too movement, but you can apply it really to anything. Like there's something about human nature that we yeah. just kind of latch on to these, like think of like the Salem witch trials or something, you know, like, sure, absolutely. Ah, you know, like burn the witch. It, it is a, it is mob mentality and it is something that is really interesting and psychology looks at it too, but we also talk about it from a sociological standpoint and it's because when you see that there's other people around you doing the same thing and you're going to engage in that, you, the threat of, of, of consequence for it is so much less and so that's why you end up doing it, you know, like why, why do people loot you know, stores and things like that. Why do we see that taking place in those situations? Well, it's because everybody else is doing it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds to, that, that, not to minimize it, right? But that's really what it is. And yeah. I just feel like that happens sometimes with some of these cases. Yeah. And social media plays into it so Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I know that Amber Heard or the Johnny Depp supporters probably would maybe disagree with this but during the johnny depp amber heard trial if you remember like the types of tiktoks and that kind of thing that were being made against Mm -hmm. amber i think it started to cross a line and i think the mob mentality contributed to it though because sure i think people started to make grievances like accepting more and more kind of hateful content because it was part of the frenzy right right but i think also that was kind of that i think people were also enraged that the media was not fairly or accurately reporting on the case so i think that kind of fed into maybe the the intensity behind some of the content that people were just like fed up like no like it's very interesting that trial I think you could do an entire study on just the way that the people, society observed and reacted to that trial. I I think you're right. I don't know if it necessarily will have a long-term impact. I think it's too early to say. Right. It is too early to tell, I think. You're right. But, but, and I could be wrong and I hope I am. I really do. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to really realize that for quite some time. As long as we keep talking about it, right? Let's keep the conversation going. It's it's if we just let the conversation completely drop and fall out, then yeah, of course, that's just gonna poof disappear from you know modern uh, recent memory, right? And there's a lot of people that continue on social media to talk about it, and and hopefully that will make a difference. I don't know. Do you think that there's been an any? way shape or form improvement in the way that the media covers cases like this because i don't see any mm. measurable improvement I, I i have to admit i don't either and it's 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 really disheartening because you would think that maybe somebody would grow a pair to 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 sort of stand up to because uh, you have to think that those that the um uh, the people, what are they called? The and the people that write the articles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but you have to think they're getting a directive from somebody uh, above them right. to cover things in a certain way, to, to put a certain spin on things. You can take one story and look at it from four different media outlets and get four completely different conclusions about that story. When really there's only one reality, but it's right. just a spin. And that's, that's um, one of the things that we don't have as, uh, as much of as a society um, that we need but media literacy, we don't actually, as much as we cling to our social media, we don't actually have a good bit of media literacy in our society. I mean, that's, it's enabling no, we people don't. To, to, to understand the public discourse, contribute to it, make some, um, you know, knowledgeable decisions about what you're seeing. And, you know, it, it, there's a lot really that that's dependent upon, you know, being able to to research yourself, right? To, to evaluate, to use your critical thinking skills, to mm-hmm. engage in conversation, initiate it, right? All those things. There's even like a, there's like the seven skills of media literacy, right? All of that stuff is just something that we don't really teach in schools, really. No, and, of course not. And, that wouldn't <laughs> fit the, that wouldn't fit the chosen Pat, yeah. they want people to be easily manipulated. Right. So since we don't have that, then it makes it difficult for us, people like us that 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 want other people to have it. It makes it difficult for us to have confidence and, and faith and optimism about the consequences here. Of, and it's so this. hard too, because we're all only given 24 hours in a day mm-hmm. and we don't simply don't have the time to fully investigate Mm -hmm. everything so it would be nice if we did hold our media representatives a little bit more accountable than we do and I don't want to harp on him too much but the fact that that Tomas Mir guy, for example, mm. is continuing to be Evan Rachel Woods. I mean, first of all, we have to understand that a lot of what's published these days is not journalism, is PR. Right. Um, so Agreed. that's part of it. But, I mean, how is it that somebody could write a people cover story that was fully retracted, fully recanted, and mm-hmm. then he is allowed to continue covering this case for Rolling Stone? Yeah, it's just, like, I, I don't uh, understand. Like, what? And nobody questions it. Yeah. I mean, I do, but. Right, right. Pe- yeah, People go it. along with it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, if you wrote a cover story that was retracted, maybe you shouldn't be covering this anymore. Just a I, thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I, and, and I think that somebody's got to hold them accountable for that. Mm-hmm. But nobody really does. Nobody that has any power anyway. And I mean, the ACLU, like they. They testify. I mean, the fact that the ACLU wrote that op-ed for Amber Heard is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And um, my professional background is nonprofits and development. So it's fascinating to me in general that that's what they were focusing on. That, But it also really made me take pause when the director was saying that, you know, that's kind of the bread and butter of what they do. And I think, well, that makes me kind of question everything that the ACLU yeah. does now. Their yeah. entire integrity as an organization, nobody's talking about that. Like, there's just so many right. little facets to all of this problem. And it's it's a little overwhelming how many things you think need to be f- fixed. I agree. There's too much. And, and, and that's part of the problem with what we were just talking about with media literacy, for instance. 
people don't have the mental fortitude, capacity, time, you know, to deal with it. You know, we have our lives to live. There's a lot going on. And and our society has definitely crammed a lot <laughs> into those 24 hours, right? Mm-hmm. And do we really truly have time to go after the truth, to go after our own critical analysis of something? And so we find the people to listen to. We find that YouTuber that we think is is great. And then we'll go there with that. You know, we'll spend we'll spend that direction, maybe some people don't. Right. Or you right. might find the wrong one or something. And, and so it's bad to then listen to just that perspective. And, you know, your worldview is going to be as limited as what you make it. And if you really do put yourself in in, in an echo chamber, that's all you're going to hear. Yeah, and people have people need to start to get a little bit more comfortable hearing thoughts and ideas that they don't agree with. It shouldn't necessarily be inflammatory and make you full of rage if somebody has an opinion that you don't agree with. Right. Of course. And that's that's what that lovely polarization has done to us. It's it's made us comfortable with becoming enraged with the folks on the other side. I kind of start to question like is the Donald Trump presidency, was that a catalyst for it growing as big as it did? You think? Hmm. I don't know, because I feel like, well, okay, if we look at polarization, yes, because Donald Trump presidency, the, yeah, the whole thing absolutely contributed to our polarized society. 100%. Mm-hmm. Either you liked them or you hated them. Either you wanted them or you didn't. So yes, in that regard, but if you look at it, uh, there was uh, the evidence that came forth, for instance, you know, uh, grab them by the, you know, mm-hmm. snatch and all that stuff. Right. So how could that help me too? that definitely wouldn't help me too. having, you know, electing a president that was so, uh, you know, misogynistic and, and animalistic. Yeah. Right? Well, so, I think I think it's possible that the let's call them the radical feminists were so angry. Like think of Michelle Dauber from Stanford, Mm. right? Like maybe she was the types like her so angry that he was elected president for being able to make comments like that. It just kind of maybe fed into the desire to really, really lean into this me too movement because Donald Trump was given a hall pass and and excused from accountability in a lot of right women feminists point of view but at the same time I don't Possibly. know due process that kind of thing it's just feel like there's so many variables at play and maybe maybe it just was kind of a perfect storm the way uh, that the yeah. me too movement blew up mm-hmm. I agree I think that 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 yeah, when you put it that way, I, I do. I do think that that's absolutely something that happened. Where does it go from here? I get frustrated because I don't understand why people thought it was a good idea to have Hollywood actresses serve as experts in abuse. Right. Um, I can't think of any other field that we would say oh a Hollywood actress can stand up there and she can talk about climate change or whatever like no Mm -hmm. you would think hello she doesn't have the credentials to do that but Mm -hmm. why did we decide it's okay for the Amber Heards and the Evan Rachel Woods of the world who don't have any college degree to their name or license or certifications on the subject to represent female Mm -hmm. abuse survivors 
Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's a real testament to our love of celebrity. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. We're so, uh, I don't know, fame hungry in society. Oh, so many people like, I mean, th- think about it. YouTube's blown up and it's blown up with all these people that want their five minutes, 15 minutes, five years of fame. Right. Right. And anybody that gets anywhere near fame in any way uh, just goes crazy for it. And I think that that is the only reason why, because let's face it, when, when you have, if you have a medical problem, right, your doctor is a perceived authority figure in that situation. He cannot force you to do anything, but damn, you listen to what he says, don't you? Because right. he's an expert in that field, right? Mm-hmm. And but but not not just that, but because that man in the white lab coat there, he's got a little bit of authority in your mind, right? Yeah. And and there's been plenty of experiments on this uh, t- to talk about conformity to authority, and for some reason we have also given a great amount of authority to our celebrities you know amber heard and evan rachel Wood are not huge female celebrities we're not talking like you know i don't know give me an example um you're not like jennifer uh, lopez right or what's the uh the brad pitt angelina jolie or something like that right. they weren't like that right um but they were enough it was enough for them to have that level of authority to be able to come on and say that stuff. I mean, I don't know if you watched Evan Rachel Wood's two-part documentary, but we're talking about a two-part documentary dedicated to discussing abuse allegations. There was not a single expert or licensed professional that even talked in that documentary. Nobody. Nobody cited either. That's just kind of what it is. You're fed in for information that's extremely biased by unlicensed people. And you're just like, oh, my God, like people, you, people buy into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The interesting thing about that documentary is because the producers of that documentary produced all of the other similar vein type documentaries that are out there. The one on Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. the one on The Vow, the... Woody Allen one, all of them. And I'm not trying to say that all of these people don't have good interest or good intentions. Like they probably do. But after a while, in terms of objectivity, you question if your bread and butter, if your focus is solely creating documentaries about abuse, do you lose the ability to be objective if that's what you're always looking for? Uh, if we were talking about ethics, for instance, ethics and research, I mean, that's a big problem. That's, you know, you're going after exactly what you want. You're, you know what I mean? You're right. not being objective and, and it's, it's a problem. It's a, it's a limitation when it comes to it, when it comes down to it, it's, it's a limitation that has to be listed. If you're going to do a documentary you want to present it as unbiased you let it speak for itself but when you're doing the same kind over and over and over then it gives people the impression at least it's given us this impression both you and I that you're going after a certain outcome here Mm -hmm. you're not just doing a documentary to um, lay out I don't know what what took place okay but you're actually pushing for a certain outcome 
for pushing for people to think in a certain way. And to me that, you know, that's, that's not actually good. It's biased. It's not, it's, it's problematic. From a research perspective, we wouldn't do that. Right. Uh, but no, because you're supposed to test your hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just a, this is, this is the outcome that we want. This is how we feel. And then mm-hmm. we want people to just nod and be yes men. Like, uh-huh. Very good. That's the bias. We'll put Tomas Mir on. <laughs> he'll, <laughs> he'll write that up. Like, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Were there regular people that covered Amber Heard stuff? Like, I guess Cat 10 Bars is one. Like, right. the go-to journalist that... Oh, sure. Yeah. That she would probably be. send her PR packets to. <laughs> yeah. There had to be, right? That trial was crazy. Did you, heading into it, did you know much about that case? Because I did not. not really. Yeah, not not as much as I ended up really learning about it, for sure. Uh, I I didn't even know about some of those audio tapes going into it. Right. I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know his finger was cut off. Like, there was a lot I didn't know. Finding out all of that, and uh, right alongside the jury... I mean, mm-hmm. I, it just really had, it really had an impression on me. It was really damning for my view of Amber Heard, who I didn't even know who the hell she was. I got to say, didn't either. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't either. know who she was. The only reason I know who uh, Evan Rachel Wood is, is because I have literally been a fan of Marilyn Manson since she was probably running around in diapers or something. I don't know. Like, what does she got? She's, how old is she? 35 or something? This may shock people given the name of my website. I did not know that Evan Rachel Wood even dated Marilyn Manson until like January 2021. <laughs> like literally right before she yeah. made her mm-hmm. explicitly named him. I didn't right. even know they dated because as yeah. much as yeah, I've appreciate I actually have liked some of her stuff. Um I appreciate his work too. But I just don't really pay much attention to what celebrities are dating what other celebrities. Yeah, And right. probably my biggest pet peeve of her accusations is that she says she was a victim of pedophilic grooming. Like, no, you were not. to have been whoever it was before him because she definitely dated older guys before him. Yeah, so. but it's like, no, you were not. You were an adult. At 19, you're an adult. I remember being 19. And I also remember dating a guy in his 30s when I was 19. And guess I did what? too. We both had the same kind of mindset. There was not a massive difference. There just wasn't. Guys don't mature as quickly as girls do. And right. I've noticed this my whole life. I've always dated people at least four years older than me because it was necessary or they were too immature for me. When I was 19 and dating, I think he was 31. When I was 19, the guys my age were into beer pong um, right. They're broke college students. Right. You know, you just, their no interests were very, you know, appropriate mm-hmm. for a 19-year-old. But I right. didn't find that interesting. So I liked dating people that were older. And right. Evan. A lot of girls are like that. Yeah. I mean, and Evan was certainly, some people are more precocious than others. And I think she, you could definitely say that about her. That she just was a little bit more adult-oriented then and that's even something that's 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 come out in her own words that's something that yeah, she she's said. said that herself subtle things of trying to reframe the situation right that's with right. a negative slant to kind of criminalize it like 
Mm-hmm. No. And I mean, when I was 19, like I was a brat and I was, sure. I made mistakes and, yep. you know, I learned from them. I don't go back in time and rewrite my own history. Like, you know, right. like I just accept exactly. like, Hey, I was young. I fucked up. It's normal when people are 19 to make mistakes or date people that, you know, when they're older, they're like, yeah, that probably wasn't so great, but that's mm-hmm. part of learning. It's learning who you are. It's learning, you know, your, yeah. your, your notion of self your whole identity is shaped by those kind of experiences and to look back on them and to like change them is just really crazy. And I mean, memories are a funny thing, but that still, it doesn't excuse that. No, you you can't just change history just because it suits you to do so. Oh, celebrity culture. Yes. We have really, really hung on to our celebrity culture. I hope we as a society step back from idolizing celebrities, but I don't know. There's just that, that we don't have a Royal family here within the U S but I feel like mm-hmm. we make our celebrities they our royals, royal to you. Yeah. and it's, it's nuts. Do you think that, um, do you think that Evan has a problem with, with being compared to Amber in this situation? I think that Evan well, I guess we actually know that she does because after the outcome of the trial, I don't know if you are aware of this, like Evan had, Evan often has tirades on social media. This is yeah. part of who she is, but she had a little bit of a tirade of people because I don't remember what outlet it was, but somebody wrote an article kind of drawing similarities similarities between her and Amber Heard and she just like threw throughout a bunch of like angry Instagram posts about it. Mm. I don't know. That's, Cause you, I can, I can, <laughs> I can understand her point of view. Like don't compare me to her. Um, because the same, same thing that we were saying, saying earlier is that, you know, they are different situations. They are different cases and you shouldn't generalize. Um, right. Like she's her own person. Evan is her own person. I also, I don't think the media should generalize in her defense, but I think she right. would want to steer clear of that comparison from a PR standpoint. Do you think she would put forth now the narrative that, you know, uh, Amber wasn't truthful, but I am. You think she would say, you think she would go that far to say that would be, me. that would be interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I never thought about that. If she would say, mm-hmm. well, she lied, but I'm, I'm not like, I don't know because <laughs> a lot of the people that support Amber, they kind of support Evan as well. So that would be a bit of a risk <laughs> yeah. to call her a liar, but I actually think it would be maybe for the best. I don't know. That's an interesting. It's just I something I thought of. I yeah. Was like, that's I wonder, interesting. I wonder if she I... would go that far. <laughs> When I'm thinking about the concepts of feminism and how of female empowerment, right? We have a whole camp of people that are infantilizing women and taking away their voice and their ability, yeah, victimizing. Like we're just by nature victims. And like, wait, what? Wait, how did this become feminist ideology? I know. It seems so backwards. Like, it, I thought we were fighting for women are capable of making their own decisions. And, <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> we now it's like, oh, we're we all be... 
yeah, we've been fighting against the damsel in distress image of a woman. And now they're like, we're all damsels in distress. Like, no, right. we're, we're not. No, I'm not. You know, if, if, if a man flirts with me and I don't want it, I will just state it. But there right. are some people in this world now that are saying that a man, if a man flirts with them, they are, they are being abusive. They're what's the word. That's not the word. Abuse is not the word that I'm looking for, but uh, um, that, you know, that aggression is coming forth and, and suddenly they're being assaulted by this person because they've been flirting with them. So how are we supposed to procreate? How are we supposed to hook up? What What's dating culture going to be like now? Like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm confused. <laughs> are we, we're not allowed to just flirt with somebody. We're not allowed to tell them they look nice and things like that. We're not. Okay. So that's not allowed anymore because that, you know, now you're being... I don't know, attacked or something. I mean, but I guess though, in reality, like things play out online and in the media a little bit different than they do in the real world. Because yeah. even though technically that is reality, it's like a very hyper elevated kind of intensified version of reality. Like I feel right. like in real life, people are not, if somebody hits on you, like, oh my God. You know, maybe yeah, they are. it's assault. It's assault. They, you know, they yeah. claim assault right away. They're screaming assault because somebody, you know, is flirting uh, with you or says something or I don't know. It just, I, I tend to just put a lot of that to the side. If, if I get unwanted attention, it, it's just, okay, whatever. And I don't talk back or I'll ignore people. I have to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it just, it, yeah, it sucks. It's annoying, but I'm not going to stand up there and scream assault. Like what? What? No. Why do that? Right. I mean, no. And same if you have like a one night stand with somebody you think is gross, you're not going to then be like, well, (laughs) just because you regret. Yeah. (laughs) I have buyers or more. So I'm just going to say that I was raped because I was really just, but you know what? <laughs> Do you know what though? I have known at least three chicks in my life that 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 have done that way before me too. Okay, I have known at least three girls where that has happened. I had been at the party, okay, or I had been at the gathering, or I was at the bar with them. They were hooking up. They talked about it after the fact, but then a couple weeks later, this is one of them she comes forth with this story about it. And I'm like, wait, 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 I, I was there. You guys were drunk. Yeah. You, you hooked up with the guy. You're, you're, now you're saying that he assaulted you, that he raped you. What? No. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, was I in the bed with him? No, I was not, but come on. And, and I've known this to happen at least a few times. So it, it's not that it's new. It's just that it's newly getting attention, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with me too, with me too movement. Yep. All right. In closing thought, what if you had to pick one positive outcome of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, what would it be? And how do you think that would impact? I don't think the Evan Amber Heard or Manson trial will be televised, but do you think there could be anything positive that came out of that trial that could help either party moving forward? The only thing that I can think of is just, just people willing to listen to him about this and to not just take that word that she had put forth already you know because people could have just shut down and not shown any interest in it and just taken her word 
Mm -hmm. right but but instead they wanted to watch that trial because nobody most people okay i'm gonna say nobody most people didn't know a lot of that stuff that we learned as we watched it right right and that's that's as it started to come out and surface that's when we really saw this shift for him like wait what he he didn't do this stuff he's not an abuser and that's the most positive thing that came out of that was just listening to him Putting mm-hmm. him on the stand, listening to him, that, that sort of magnetic personality that he is, the slow way that he spoke, you know, made people listen. But the truth is what also endeared people to him, knowing that this is a truthful statement about what happened. And, um, you know, the hope is that also Amber was being truthful on the stand as you're supposed to be. And I'm hoping that people can take that and use that when it comes to the Manson case, because I have a feeling that when he's on the stand and when they're going through this particular trial uh, and the truth does actually come out and we don't get to watch it in the same way, people may not uh, listen to that because it is Manson. And they may be like, well, well, no, there must have been something, you know, he, he got off somehow or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just hope that people will continue with that line of thinking that, you know, this is where the truth is told. And if the outcome exonerates him, then good, you know, listen to that, take that from it. Right. Yeah. Cause I have a feeling that it will. I just, I hope that people head into these cases more and more without a decision of guilt already made. Right. Cause I feel like that's how, It has been that people have, he's guilty before even hearing his side of this, of the situation. Trial by social media is what it's called. And I think Mm -hmm. that people need to be very wary of trial by social media from now on. Yeah. It's, it started with Casey Anthony. Okay. And I know that for a fact, I was very close to that physically close to that. Right. And so it started with that. I guarantee you that was one of the first big trial by social media cases and it's, it's just ballooned from there. And so we have to be very careful with that. Um, well, even she, NBC, is giving, <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to give her, like, a redemption story. Oh, I, oh, I know. Oh, my yeah. God. I watched two episodes. I could not finish that three-episode thing. Mm-hmm. I could not do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on to talk with you about this. It's been great. It's something that I followed very closely, and it's very close to my heart for many reasons, both on both cases. So I, I really thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting moving forward, how things play out. I think society is always, I mean, sure you especially feel this way fascinating to watch. So it's going to be interesting to see how the public absorbs cases like these moving forward, Manson aside, like just in general, Right. Um, how this type of stuff is going to be played out within the public eye. I don't know if I see the media changing their spots, but maybe no. I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're still going to keep their bias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but thank you feel, for coming on. Yeah, yeah. And feel free to have me anytime. If there's anything cool and interesting to talk about, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because I think we have a long road ahead. Yeah. A long road ahead. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast and keeping an open mind. In between episodes, find much more information and updates at justice for Marilyn Manson 
www.thecoachingcoach.com. There you can also find links to join my monthly newsletter, which will provide case updates for you straight in your inbox, as well as, of course, links to social media and a whole lot more.